talking all about the fall feast, which this is something that starts tonight, right, at sundown? Well, of course, there's three fall feasts. You have uh, kind of four in one sense. You have Rosh Hashanah, you have the Ten Days of Awe, you have Yom Kippur, and then you have this one, the Feast of Tabernacles, or Sukkot, but it's simply called the Feast. All right, so it's it's the big one. It's what everybody looks forward to, and uh, it's interesting because you sometimes you run into things, scriptures, and you don't because you don't know enough. You don't know what's really going on behind the scenes. So let me walk you through it. Now it came to pass about eight days after these sayings, and Jesus took Peter, John, and James, went up to the mountain to pray. As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered, and his robe became white and glistening. And behold, two men talked with him, were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. But Peter and those with him were heavy with sleep, and when they were fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Then it happened as they were parting from him that Peter said to Jesus, Master, it's good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, Sukkotes. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. So you gotta look for those little words, because it tells you a little bit about what's going on. Not knowing what he said, well, he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were fearful as they entered the cloud, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son, hear him. When the voice had ceased, Jesus was found alone, but they kept quiet and told no one in those days any of the things they had seen. Can you imagine? Peter, James, and John were transported, in a sense, in a vision, into the future to see Christ in his glory, where? In the kingdom, and especially, specifically, in the millennial kingdom. It's interesting to note that Peter associated that time with tents or tabernacles. He actually, on occasion, Peter, he just really got it, just ding Say, but to the Son, it says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You've loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. See, Jesus will be enthroned at this feast, the Feast of Tabernacles, in eternity, and he'll be anointed with gladness. Yeah, gladness. That word is a galiasis. It means exaltation, extreme joy, gladness. That's why we're celebrating, because in one day... You know, you think, will I ever have joy? Mm. Will I ever be glad? The answer is yes. See, he's going to exalt. He's going to anoint you. You're going to be enthroned in this feast along with Jesus. Yeah. And guess what he's going to anoint you with? I mean, I love that. It's going to anoint you with extreme joy mm. and gladness. At feasts, people were anointed with the oil of gladness. <laughs> Hebrews 1.9 alludes to this inaugural ceremony of anointing and use it as an emblem of the divine power and majesty to which the Son of God had been exalted. This is in 1 Kings. Then Zadok the priest took a horn of oil from the tabernacle and anointed Solomon. And they blew the horn and the people said, Long live King Solomon. And all the people went up after him and the people played the flutes and rejoiced with great joy so that the earth seemed to split with their sound. Luke 1, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. Luke 1, also, for indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. See, a lot of these little things we don't catch because we don't know the history of the promises. 
So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness. It's all speaking of this millennial time. It's all speaking of the tabernacles and simplicity of heart. Now, unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. So, you know, if you're going through hard times or things, just they're not panning out like you think. You know, press into Jesus because the very promise he has made is the very thing you're looking for. You're looking, what will give me joy? Where's my joy going to come from? Mm. And that's what he's waiting to give you. See, the Feast of Tabernacles is also called the Feast of Ingathering, focusing on its role as a celebration of the large autumn harvest in the land that foreshadows a large spiritual harvest. See, Satan is bound the saints and the martyrs are raised in the first resurrection to rule with Jesus. Everyone else waits for the second resurrection. Then it will be that all the nations who have come against Jerusalem and survived will go up each year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. See, God's word reveals that the nations will one day gather to fight against Jerusalem. It also tells us, without a shadow of a doubt, who wins the battle, for the Lord himself will fight for his people. Following the battle, the survivors from these attacking nations will once again go up to Jerusalem not to make war, but to worship the Lord of hosts, demonstrating their submission to the King of Kings, as prophesied in Isaiah 2. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow to it. Many people shall go and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. All the nations will have a new orientation around God's will and his word as they worship him annually in Jerusalem at the Feast of ding, 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 Tabernacles. Sukkot. Their annual schedule will then be aligned with the Lord's biblical calendar as his priorities will be seen in their new confession of worship. Because what do you do at this festival? Seven days, don't do your own thing. Come together and worship. Celebrate. Well, okay, now that's the fun part. Now, there is a downside, which is this pale horse. We talked about back at Pentecost and the four horses. That was the fourth horse. And fourth horse is about to head out again. So we'll come back and we'll break down one final break next.